How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me today and always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing? This is an emergency podcast for the Wisconsin Herd's first head coach, is it not? Is that what this is, Eric? Oh, did you not hear me say that? Yeah, I definitely said this was... <laughs> I said this was an emergency podcast. No. Um, uh, strangely, just a, a Monday filled with news here uh, in Milwaukee. And I guess we'll go over all of that. I'm not really sure if there was anything. I guess I guess let's go back to Friday. Can we? By the way, we, I think we need to add a disclaimer that this is going to be like an episode that is both heavy on a lot of news and also I make no promises as to whether it will be interesting <laughs> or particularly <laughs> informative. Well, that's always what you want to tell people a minute into the podcast, right? So we're selling this, baby. We're selling this. So we're selling this. So thanks for pressing play. Um, feel free to continue at your own peril. I've got I've got so many. I mean, the the fire takes the fire emoji <laughs> takes for the Bucks D League coaching position and the Bucks assistant GM. I mean, I've just got my flamethrower ready. I don't know about you, but um, oh, but I'm ready to go. People need to sit down and buckle up for what I'm about to drop <laughs> on everybody. Jesus. Okay. Uh, so let's start with a Friday around, I don't know, one thirty or so. Uh, Euro, Euro Hoops reports that Giannis is going to sit out the next five days uh, with the Greek national team. And uh, it was because of, uh, I don't even know what they call it, an injury to his uh, which knee is it for him? Is discomfort. Right? I believe they said right knee discomfort. There you go. I think, I think yeah. that's the wording. So some right knee discomfort. Um, and, and I believe that's the one he's had right knee discomfort in in the past. Um, so he had some of that. They had him do an MRI. It revealed nothing uh, any more serious. Uh, but he still was going to sit out for a couple days. Um, obviously, I reached out to the Bucks, and you saw, again, maybe you didn't because I ended up tweeting it out Friday at 5 p.m., which is never a good time to tweet out any news or reports or anything like that. But uh, the Bucks were able to confirm that and, and say that, well, yeah, he's going to sit out, and that 
that's kind of okay with us. Um, we're aware of the situation, and uh, he did have some of that knee discomfort, but uh, they acknowledged that he needed some rest, and that would be the best for the situation. So, um, I, again, it's something we need to mention and talk about, but um, it doesn't sound all that serious. I, I don't think there's... I don't think there's really any level of concern within the organization um, about that that right knee discomfort. Um, so, any other thoughts when you saw it, Frank? Now that you've known more about it, anything? Well, I, I think you know any Bucks fan you see anything about Giannis potentially having any issues with. Uh, any joint in his body, you immediately, you know, kind of your your heart skips a beat there. But uh, as you said, uh, it doesn't seem like it was, you know, doesn't seem like anything really happened. Um, and again, they're still they were still in training with the Greek national team. We haven't really talked about that. That that Giannis indeed, you know, ended up going obviously to the the Greek national team training camp. He, um, the EuroBasket um, it isn't. I, I'll, I'll double check here when when their first game is coming up, but. Um, but obviously they're going to have some some you know basically friendly type games, some tournaments. I think the first one was today and tomorrow. Uh, today being Monday the seventh, um, so he was being held out of that. I think they said total he was going to be held out five days. Um, so again, seems you know precautionary. Uh, and I, I think you know the the thing you probably dislike the least about these types of tournaments is just that they often involve like back to back to back type type game situations. And you know obviously you'd say eh, you know. Why not not over you know overwork our our superstar player um, and indeed Giannis first game uh, September second so um, still a few weeks before Greece will will officially kick off uh, Group A phase play in uh, the EuroBasket which is the European Championship so uh, you know again th- this is always the challenge you know I think many Bucks fans probably uh, felt like boarding the first flight to Athens with you know. Um, a bunch of us, you know, I don't know, swaddling to to care for Giannis and make sure he's kept in in bubble bubble wrap and and can't possibly hurt himself in any possible way. But again, guys are going to be working out. Guys are going to be playing pickup. Sometimes, you know, guys get hurt. Um, obviously, you hate to see anything happen with the national team, just because, in theory, that the guy doesn't have to be playing with the national team. But um, as you said, this is kind of the compromise that that comes with with you know, having a guy like Giannis, who obviously takes a great deal of pride in playing for Greece, um, on your team, and you know, um, you just hope, knock on wood, that it's as minor as everybody thinks it is, and that um, probably, probably, I'm not, I'm less worried about this specifically, and just you know, it just sort of reminds you that stuff can happen when people try to play basketball, when when people practice, when people do anything, when you roll out of bed, you you suddenly become at risk of having something happen, and hopefully, um, knock on wood, that Giannis is gets through the summer safely and the EuroBasket safely, but you know, again. Um, as we've seen with Jabari and, and many others before him, uh, you, you never know what might happen. So Frank Madden suggests Giannis does not leave bed for the entire summer. <laughs> Did I get that right? <laughs> that was- exactly. Put him in a wheelchair and have him like practice three pointers from like a wheelchair or something like that. Just just don't leave. Don't even leave the ground. Just you know. Uh, so yeah, I think obviously that's part of it. Also, I, I've thought it's kind of weird that. There really hasn't been like unless I missed. I don't know if there's been like an official announcement from Giannis that I'm going to play 
like he just kind of went over and is going through all of that. So um, I don't know. Well, I, I guess we'll see. Part of me definitely thought when that injury occurred that maybe the thought goes through Giannis' head, like, is this really worth it? Is this something I want to do? But then it ended up not being all that serious, and he doesn't seem to be all that concerned about it. So uh, maybe that won't be the case either. But again, still news, still something that uh, we wanted to mention and something that happened at the end of last week, but uh, we needed to also talk about today. Uh, the I guess we're gonna, we'll go chronologically from news that occurred today. Uh, in the morning, Shamsharania tweeted it out and wrote out a story as well about Craig Robinson leaving the Milwaukee Bucks um, from his position as, well, I don't have the article in front of me, but I think he's VP of Player Development and... Oh, I'm trying to think. There's an there's an and to that title yeah, for Craig like Robinson. Organizational something. I yeah. don't know. It's... Um, but either way, um, when I and he left that job to go to the Knicks um, and now become involved in personnel, uh, and he's going to be the D League GM for the Knicks. Uh, which, when I saw it, I, I thought. I didn't even know Craig Robinson was looking to get into personnel. Obviously, he has a background in coaching. He played and and all those things, but I really didn't know that. I did not because in Milwaukee that wasn't part of his job. He, he it wasn't personnel. It was the organizational. It was uh, making sure that they were there for the players. I know he, they mentioned when he first came things about like finances and making sure all the players are set up and uh, doing good things with that. So. It, I, I was a little bit surprised to see that. Um, obviously, uh, that was, uh, to me, a big promotion for him. Um, and I'm not sure if that was something that was even available in Milwaukee. I, I would doubt it was, just because I, he doesn't really have uh, that experience. But uh, Steve Mills, now in New York, him and Craig Robinson played together at Princeton. Um, if you're if you're trying to figure out connections and how uh, Craig Robinson might fit in in New York, that would that would be the connection uh, that that those two played together at Princeton, know each other, um, and kind of work together there. So uh, again, more news, more stuff to talk about. Uh, in uh, again, anytime we talk about front office, it's stuff that we're just not really going to know a whole lot about because obviously we don't. I mean, there's no game on the floor that you can see in front in the front office. There's there's no game film to watch. There's just seeing their title and maybe an article or two about what they might be doing, how they might be helping the organization. But that's about it for front office stuff. So, Frank, any thoughts on Craig Robinson leaving for New York? No, I mean it. It, it seemed like you know a, a big opportunity. Obviously, you know we can joke about the Knicks all we want, but you know the New York Knicks are still the Knicks and. Uh, as you said, this was an opportunity that you know, with Dave Dean getting the the GM job of the of the Wisconsin herd, um, that opportunity we know wasn't available uh, in Milwaukee. Um, you know, I, I don't, I never really even thought about him as being a candidate for kind of any of those basketball positions. Um, obviously, we'll get to the assistant GM job in a moment, but certainly, I don't know if we'd heard any thought that you know there was any consideration of him moving into that side of uh, of the house. So. Um, you know, again, uh, extremely smart guy, right? I mean, 
you know, one of the best Ivy League players at Princeton. Um, you know, his pedigree is, is pretty well known. Obviously, uh, many people outside of basketball know him as as Michelle Obama's brother. So um, he's the first was the first brother in law, I guess. Um, so an interesting guy who's had a lot of success off the court uh, and on the court, um, mostly in college as an, as a coach. So, you know, doesn't really have really until the Bucks had never had any kind of NBA experience. So um, I'm sure that's part of the reason why, you know, uh, this is a big leap for him is, is, you know, being able to have that opportunity to, you know, be involved um, at the NBA level, which obviously he, he wasn't in sort of the personnel side uh, in Milwaukee. But, um, you know, certainly didn't hear anything but but positive things about his kind of brief tenure in Milwaukee. But, um, you know, I, I think you can't blame the guy for uh, for going after an opportunity that uh, obviously seemed like a, a big step up from where he was. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10 to 1010. 10. Select styles only. Honestly, if anything i'm just a little hurt by it because i thought we we had a special moment we had some jokes uh on the tour <laughs> on there no i'm just playing uh but yeah like you said craig robinson nice guy and just about anyone that's been around the organization last year would tell you the exact same thing um so obviously n- nothing but really positive experiences for for most of us with him uh but yeah it's still strange to kind of see him see him move on but i i would definitely say i cannot blame him at all uh for taking that big of a promotion i think that's a huge step up in his career so uh we'll see what he can do with that opportunity speaking of opportunities what uh, i guess another spot in milwaukee that's been of interest in the last few years let's say um <laughs> as, as we saw uh originally we saw david morway uh get excused from his spot as assistant gm we saw the bucks go without assistant gm for for an entire season then we saw justin zanuck get it, uh the position last summer and now Justin Zanuck was supposed to be the heir apparent at the GM spot, and now he's obviously not the GM, uh, and the Bucks needed to fill that position again, uh, and they will do so with their new assistant GM, Milt Newton. Uh, he was the former Minnesota Timberwolves GM. Uh, that was from late 2013 until uh, Thibodeau took over in 2016. So a little bit more than so about two and a half years or so, uh, he was the GM with the Timberwolves. Obviously, during that time, you saw a lot of uh, uh, turnover. You saw, I guess, one of the first things he would have done was trade Kevin Love, uh, and that got Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett. Uh, then he also was the guy that got, I guess, the opportunity to select Carl Anthony Towns, uh, and then he also got picked Zach Levine. So some some stuff there. Um, obviously, uh, <laughs> with with a front office guy like it. We always talk about, well, if the guy's an assistant GM, it's tough for us to really kind of understand what they might have been in charge of, what they weren't in charge of, kind of how they were involved in this. And with him, he was actually a GM. So you can kind of look at his transaction record and figure out whether or not uh, this guy might know what he's doing. So 
I guess, did you take a deep dive into that, Frank? Um, as I kind of laid out there, there was some stuff that I don't want to say it was a no-brainer, um, but certainly a number of moves that were just going to kind of happen. Like, like once you get that pig, you're going to take Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, once Kevin Love kind of made it clear, I think they did a nice job getting quite a bit for Kevin Love. Uh, Zach Levine, I think, would also probably be a good pick. I know he's flawed in, in some of the same ways that maybe Jabari Parker is flawed, uh, but maybe another good pick there. Then Adrian Payne is on his uh, ledger as well, which uh, would be the opposite of that. Uh, so I don't know. There's there's some stuff in there, and I don't know. D- did you have any thoughts? I mean, look, if if Milt Newton had been hired as the GM, I'm sure all of us would have said, really? Like a retread? Was this, this guy's been around forever. He had one stint as a GM and that didn't obviously really go anywhere. And, and obviously he was, it was a weird circumstance, both in how he became GM there with Flip Saunders passing away. Um, you had a close relationship with Flip um, going back to, I think, I think to their time in Washington, I believe. Um, and then, uh, you know, he obviously wasn't going to stick around when when Thibs came in and and basically set up his own staff so you know again that not not necessarily that he um was fired because of he was just did such a bad job or something like that either so uh so it's it's kind of a eh, you know like you kind of look at it he's he's been around a long time um and realistically I mean you know we've known for a while that you know the Bucks were going to look for an experienced assistant GM um, you know, they were not looking for somebody to put above John Horace. That has never been in the plan since since Horace was hired. Um, so you kind of knew that with John Horace being a younger guy who obviously hasn't been around as long or or doesn't have the same experience level, you know, being a, a primary decision maker, you could have guessed that they would obviously look for somebody who who had that experience. And well, you know, what kind of person do you find willing to take uh, a job, you know, as the second in command to a very young and you know a guy who's let's be honest, we know John Horst isn't hugely well paid. So you can assume that this job was not going to be, you know, the most prime assistant GM gig in the league. Um, you know, you're going to find guys who, if they have had experience, probably it didn't work out as well as maybe they would have liked, or, you know, they're not uh, at the top of, of anybody's list to, to get the, a prime GM job elsewhere. So, um, you know, that this, it's kind of one of those things, like if you had, if you had hired a guy who, you know, if, if the Bucks and again, I'm just completely speculating here, but I mean, the Bucks ended up hiring like a really experienced guy, which really they wasn't really what had been in the cards. It seemed. I mean, there was that brief talk of David Griffin, but unless you hire a guy like David Griffin, I mean, I think this is the kind of guy you're probably going to hire as a second in command because you're probably not going to hire a young up and comer guy to work with the guy that you just hired as a GM who you view as a young up and comer guy, right? Like you want somebody who's a bit different. And so you want a guy who's more experienced. And again, it's going to be a guy that, you know, you probably wouldn't want to hire for your GM job or people at least wouldn't be excited about as, as a GM. But, you know, let's be honest, Eric, are we, are, is there ever going to be a point where we're going to look at something and say, Oh man, that that's a Milton Newton move. Probably not, right? I, mean, I we'll, cannot we'll have, imagine. We'll we'll probably have no idea because he's an assistant GM, and it's all going to be kind of black boxes from here on out. So, um, again, uh, you know, I, I we were excited about the Zanakar a couple of years ago just because of his rep as kind of an up and coming guy. It's obviously a very different situation now where the the GM is young and um, the assistant GM is is older, more experienced. And you know, if you're a Bucks fan, you just 
hope that whatever the dynamic is between those guys and the rest of the front office, that it's a productive one and that they, they figure some stuff out. But um, certainly Newton, diverse background, high-level player at Kansas, um, played professionally uh, in Australia. Another, another, another guy with Aussie connections, uh, Belgium, uh, played in the CBA, uh, then was actually, he was a scout with the Sixers, and then he was actually with USA Basketball for a period, and then um, was actually with the NBA when they started the, the D-League. Um, so I had an interesting experience kind of working in kind of all different sides of the game before uh, joining the Wizards in the early 2000s and working a decade under Ernie Grunfeld before eventually moving to Minnesota. So, yeah, hopefully all that experience translates into uh, being able to you know, make good decisions and be a good counsel and, and having a good Rolodex because obviously the Rolodex and the uh, the contacts and having those relationships, that's a big a big piece of all this. And, and that's obviously an area where especially a young GM like John Horst is, you know, just by definition not going to have uh, as strong a base. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it would be it would be difficult for any of us to really probably zone in on something that is specifically Milton Newton unless it's like a player that he used to GM for, then then you can really start putting some dots. Just you got to draw those lines in between those dots, and you can connect them all and figure it all out. But really, n- not really. Um, <laughs> that that's not probably ever going to happen at any point. Uh, one thing, who know you you put it in my Twitter. When the feed. way when the when the bucks um, when the bucks get when the bucks get Carl Anthony Towns, then I think we can all say that was a Milton Newton. Moment. Hey, that's a thought. Um, you put it in my Twitter feed, but you mentioned Jordan. it was fitting. Th- yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Tresky, our our friend Jordan Tresky from behind the Buck Pass, uh, tweeted that that Milton Newton finally got Chris Middleton. I think something to that effect. And of course that was a very inside Bucks baseball uh, reference <laughs> to Milton Newton and the, and the Timberwolves a couple of years ago, uh, apparently being very interested in acquiring Chris Middleton. I think, I don't recall the exact parameters. I think there was talk of, of Ricky Rubio and a first round pick being offered for Chris Middleton. So uh, that's, that's a selling point of Milton Newton that he would, He's, in, he's into Chris, Chris Middleton. Middleton. Yeah, yeah they, they, he's into Chris Middleton. That's a that's a plus. So um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that's a kind of a fun footnote. But I'm trying to think. I'm not aware. I can't think of of any trades that uh, that Milton Newton would have made with the Bucks while he was in Minnesota. I'm I'm not thinking of any off the top of my head. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see. Mix, mixed track record in in Minnesota. I think you know charitably can say well he. You know, has set that set up sort of the the groundwork for for a lot of what's there. Obviously, not Jimmy Butler, but um, Wiggins and Towns. But as you said, I mean, it's kind of like when I read when John Hammond left, and people were like analyzing his draft history, and we're talking about Jabari Parker. It's like, really, like, are we going to act like that? You know, reflected on John Hammond in any way? <laughs> I mean, they had to be bad enough to get the pick. You know, I mean. Uh, that that doesn't say a whole lot, but um, but yeah, but I, well, I will say this. I mean, certainly what the the wolves and I believe Flip Saunders was still around when that. I want to say Flip was around when that trade was made, wasn't what wasn't he? But maybe he wasn't. But um, but it was interesting that uh, looking back now with, with all these you know quote unquote you know bad or or poorly uh, viewed trades of superstars that we've seen over the last year or so, it's interesting that uh, the Timberwolves actually got you know relatively a lot. Um, they also then turned 
one of those, I think they had a first round pick. They turned into Thad Young in that trade, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. And obviously Anthony yep. Bennett never panned out. But, you know, getting a first overall pick for a star that that wants out is uh, is certainly not a bad thing. And, you know, say what you will about Wiggins. But um, I think that trade probably worked out pretty well for both sides, given uh, given Cleveland won a championship. And the Wolves are uh, are certainly in, in, in a pretty good spot right now. All right. We'll move to the last bit of news of the day. And that would be that the Bucks and actually I don't know I don't even know how to refer to this. Like the Bucks hired Jordan Brady as the Wisconsin Herds coach, but is it the Wisconsin Herd naming their I don't know how it works. But either way, the Wisconsin Herd have their first head coach. His name is Jordan Brady. He's thirty four years old and he spent the twenty sixteen seventeen season as an assistant coach for the Salt Lake City Stars the NBA G League affiliate of the Utah Jazz. Um, he was previously assistant coach with the Idaho Stampede, um, and he was also, let's see, an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Defenders from 2014 and 2015, uh, assistant for the Bakersfield Jam in 13-14, and the Iowa Energy in 12-13. Uh, so he has a, a lot of of D league excuse me of g league experience uh so he's been there for the last that's four or five years uh and now he's getting his chance to be the head coach of the milwaukee of the milwaukee bucks affiliate the wisconsin (laughs) herd uh so frank give me all of the jordan i know you got some all of the jordan brady hot takes give me all of Oh God, um, I, I I don't know how how much will Jordan Brady play Rashad Vaughn next year? That is, can can Jordan Brady help <laughs> help Rashad Vaughn find the Badger bus from Oshkosh to to Milwaukee back and forth? I think mean, that's really the the uh, the the pressing question for us. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just really generally fascinated by you know. I mean, we know obviously a lot of teams have their own G League affiliates. Um, I'm just really curious to see how it's going to work. I mean, we, as we said, Dave Dean, um, who was in the Bucks front office really since the start of the Hammond administration, had worked, you know, really alongside John Horst. They came in, I think, pretty much together. Um, so it's interesting that uh, that Dave Dean got that job to to be the the herd GM, um, and it'll be interesting to see just kind of like how everything's coordinated between uh, what the herd do and and the way the Bucks play and. You know, again, one of the the main selling points of having your own team is that you can run the same systems. Um, we'll see. You know, uh, we'll see how how the herd look and and whether the herd take on a different uh, different look or similar look as as the Bucks and and what they do on both ends. And uh, obviously, we'll we'll keep an eye on, especially with these two with these two way contract guys. Um, I think it certainly is is there, there's ne- it, it'll never be more interesting to to follow what Jordan Brady does than certainly this year with uh, the inaugural season of the herd and um, a couple of two way guys that uh, at least well he's one that that Wisconsin fans are certainly going to be very aware of in Bronson Koenig um, so I guess we will we'll have to see and obviously it's a it's a weird job because obviously you're on the one hand you're yeah you're trying to win games but you know for the most part the the first goal is is development of uh, of the young guys so um, it's uh, it's obviously a different you know a different curve that you're being graded on so i have no idea if jordan brady is a good coach or not but um hopefully he is and hopefully uh hopefully the, the wisconsin herd are able to provide some value for the bucks this year hopefully some of those young guys um are are good enough and get brought along to the point that uh that you know whether it's rashad vaughn or you know 
Um, maybe a DJ Wilson or Sterling Brown if they get you know some random trips down. Hopefully they uh, make good use of that time. And and then obviously the reverse, obviously true. Hopefully if uh, if they need a Bronson Kaling uh, at some point this season, you hope that whatever he does in the D League is G League. Sorry, is uh, is good prep. But um, but yeah, I have no I have no educated opinion. How did I just talk for five minutes about that, Eric? I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's that's how you put out 232 podcasts in the last year right there uh indeed yeah i, I don't really have any strong thoughts uh about jordan brady um he's got he's got two first names uh jordan and brady um also michael jordan and tom brady you got some wait is that uh, is that two first names or two last names that's a great question <laughs> Both. Uh, I, I think you could go but yeah I think it works out. So um, that that's about the extent of my takes on Jordan Brady. Um, I guess some other kind of stuff uh, cleaning up over the weekend. Uh, Sean Hyken had tweeted out that uh, he was told that uh, two-way contracts do not count against the salary cap at all. I don't know if you saw that, Frank, um, but for people, uh, again, we just kind of went through that whole salary cap podcast. If you're curious how all that works, two-way contracts will not count against the salary cap, which is interesting. I'm not sure how it's all going to work, but uh, that was of note. Uh, Chris Reichert mentioned uh, that players signed in two-way contracts do count toward your 20-player max for NBA training camps, so uh, those those two that the Bucks have already signed means that they'll be at 17, and then they'll have the option of uh, three more guys uh, to bring in there, so we'll see if it's maybe some guys that we saw uh, in Vegas, if it's some guys that we saw elsewhere. Uh, so that is some more uh, G League notes. And then the last one, Adam Johnson, uh, who you can check out at Adam J underscore M-B-A-G-L uh, for NBA G League. Adam Johnson, who runs two ways in 10 days, uh, mentioned that the order for the upcoming G League ex- expansion draft on August 23rd will be one Erie Bayhawks, two Memphis Hustle, three Wisconsin Herd, four Agua Caliente. Uh, so the Bucks will have the third pick, and that's a snake draft. So then they will have the fifth pick in round two. Um, I believe Adam wrote something about the expansion draft and how that'll all work. Um, if I can find out the, if I can find his link to that, I'll tweet out that out as well. Um, but just some kind of housekeeping stuff on Bucks G League things that you'll need to know and keep track of in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going to have a special G League dra- expansion draft night coverage. Are we not? It's going to be a three-hour live pod or something like that. Yeah, I think that's the plan, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, we probably should have like Adam or Chris Reichard on uh, to help us with G League stuff at some point. Now that the Bucks actually have a G League franchise, and uh, we'll again be keeping a close eye on all of that uh, throughout the season. So um, I'm trying to think. I think that's about it as far as news and notes stuff kind of go. Um, I think that's going to be it for us for tonight, unless you have something else, Frank. No, I think, um, you know, if, if people didn't see, I think we tweeted out, there was an interesting story from Kevin Pelton um, where he basically did his annual uh, projections where he used, you know, RPM and uh, and and sort of did did his black box of of statistical you know advanced analytics projections uh and i thought it was interesting because it had the bucks projected at 47 wins um which i think was at put them fourth in the east so that was cool that at least that model uh actually likes the bucks a lot 
likes Giannis a lot probably. <laughs> um, so so that was cool. We, we'll, we'll talk about that probably. I don't know if we'll do it this week or next week. We'll probably find a day where we maybe talk about that as well as um, what we thought was interesting, both teams that were um, maybe above expectations, below our expectations, et cetera. But uh, certainly uh, as the as the, the days tick by here, um, you know, fun to start thinking about what, uh, what we might expect of this team next year, especially with um, by and large, obviously, you'd expect this is the roster that maybe the 15 that we'll see, but certainly very close to it that we're going to see in training camp. So um, it's it's not it's not that far away, I guess. We're, we'll have a little bit of Euro basket uh, next month, and then um, hopefully uh, hopefully we won't have any any more Chris Middleton like injuries before then, and uh, hopefully it'll be a uh, a safer a safer month of September, especially with Giannis. So. Uh, everybody should knock on wood for Giannis here to get through the next two months. All right, Frank, that's going to be it for us for tonight. That was Frank Mann. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. As always, subscribe, tweet at us, review it on iTunes, do all those things. All of those help us out immensely uh, as we're obviously always trying to get more people and find more people that want to listen to our wonderful podcast and like frank had mentioned earlier in the summer you guys have been killing it all summer long uh so we very much appreciate it that you guys are as interested in listening to us and interacting with us uh we always appreciate that so thank you for that this has been lockdown bucks we'll talk to you later